Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry of Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out thelivingroomatl.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Wow. TLR family, how y'all feeling tonight? You guys doing okay? Yeah. Um, that was amazing. That was incredible. And um, they're going to come back and lead us in a song at the end of the night. So thank you guys for leading us so well every single week. But uh, hey, if we've never met before, my name is Matt, and I get the chance and the honor and privilege to lead um, the team here at the living room. Um, and I'm super excited for tonight. Last time we met, which was a couple weeks ago, uh, we kicked off a brand new series here at the living room called Do It Scared. And it's a series based around the topic of courage and specifically what it looks like to live a courageous life. And we talked about that this series is not gonna be about eliminating fear in your life because if you could just eliminate fear completely, then like you wouldn't even need to worry about courage. That, that wouldn't be a thing. So it's not gonna be about eliminating fear, but it is gonna be about overcoming fear in your life. In fact, we said this right here, that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the ability to move forward in the face of it. See, courageous people are not people who have just figured out how to have no fear at all. No, those are called like crazy people. Courageous people are people who are very aware of their fears, but they've just learned an ability. They've learned how to move forward in the face of it. Another way to say it is that courageous people have just learned how to do it scared. And so I've been thinking a lot over the past couple weeks about courage, and it made me think back to a few years ago when uh, Ann and I, Ann's my wife, when we had just kind of started talking. So we had just been talking up to this point. We had been talking for like eight or nine months. It started off as a long distance uh, relationship. And so we were talking, and up to this point in my life, I didn't really have that much experience when it came to relationships and like dating type relationships. And so I was pretty nervous. Like I didn't want to mess this thing up. I really liked her. I felt like there was potential. Like I saw a future. I'm like, she could be my person, you know? And so I'm like, I I really want to like, I just don't want to mess this up. Like I want to get this right. And so uh, everything seemed to be going great. We're about eight or nine months in, been talking, except we hadn't really like put a label on the relationship yet, which I get, that's fine. Like I'm cool with like withholding, you know, labels. But like, I was like, man, like it's not even official on Facebook yet. Like that's, you know, back in the day, that's like how you made it official, you know, like you changed your Facebook status. And I'm like, it's not official on Facebook. Like people ask me, they're like, so are y'all dating? Like, is this your girlfriend? And I'm like, uh, I think so, I'm not really sure. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know, you know? And I'm like, I don't know if she says that I'm her boyfriend, but I hope, I want her to be able to say that. So like, I'm finally like, you know what? I just need to man up. Like, I just need to call her. I just need to call her up. So I did, I picked up the phone and I called her. I was super courageous. And after, as each ring happened, like, whatever it is, each time I'm like, why am I doing this? This is terrible, it's a bad idea. Like, I'm getting worried, I'm nervous. So she answers the phone finally. She's like, hey, and I'm like, hey girl, like, what you doing, you know? And she's like, hey, boo-boo, like nothing, just been waiting for you to call. And she probably didn't say that. She was probably like, hey, like, what do you want, you know? And uh, I'm like, hey, like, listen, I've just been thinking a lot. And, you know, I just wanted to call and like say that, man, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the past eight or nine months. Like, I think you're awesome and everything, but like, we just need to have a conversation. And then I'm like, oh no, this, this sounds like I'm about to like break up with her. I'm like, no, no, let, let me restart this. Like, I think you're great, and, you're, and I'm like, I'm going down the same path again. This is terrible. Can we just pause, time out for a second? Like, fellas in the room, can we just all agree on the fact that we're not always the best when it comes to like getting out our, our emotions of what we're thinking and feeling and experiencing? Like, we, we, some of you want to clap so bad, I feel you, you know? <laughs> Like, guys, 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 listen, I, I'm, 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 I'm a guy. Like, I'm, I'm with you here, okay? We gotta stick together. But guys, like, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, maybe most of the time, like, we know what's going on up in here, but it doesn't always come out clearly and concisely here. So, like, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, 
you know, what I'm trying to say is, and she's like, what are you trying to say? I'm like, you know, she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, and, and here's just a free lesson, fellas. Okay. I guess ladies, this could be for you too. I don't know. But, um, if you ever find yourself in a similar situation, like this is all you have to say. It's really simple. It's one line. It's just one question. You just have to say this right here. Hey, you fill in the blank in my circumstance. It was, Hey, Anne, will you be my girlfriend? Like, that's all I had to say. Eventually, I think she asked the question for me. She was like, are you asking me to be your girlfriend? And I'm like, yeah, like, will you be my girlfriend? To which she was like, nah, I'm kidding. She didn't say that. No, no, we're married, okay? So obviously, I think she said yes. I don't know. It worked out somehow. But I'm sharing this story with you because honestly, thinking back on that conversation, on that phone call, like, I was so nervous. I would even go as far to say, like, I was terrified, and I really didn't even have any reason to be. Like, it's kind of funny thinking back on that, how nervous I actually was, because it's like, I knew she wasn't going to say no. Like, we were dating. We were exclusive. Like, I knew she liked me. I liked her a lot. So I don't even know why I was, like, worried about it. But I couldn't help but think about all the what ifs. Like, what if she doesn't like me that much? You know, what if she just wants to be friends? Like, what if she's not ready to be dating yet? What if she just needs more time? What if she says, no, what if I get rejected? And I think that last one was the biggest thing for me. Like, what if I get rejected? What if she just completely says like, hey, no, I'm not into it. And here's the reality, like rejection really hurts, right? Like rejection stings. In fact, rejection can be absolutely debilitating in our lives. And that's actually what I wanna talk about tonight. Tonight, I wanna talk about the fear of rejection. I wanna talk about the fear of rejection and I wanna start off this conversation by asking you this question right here. What do you do when the fear of rejection seems impossible to overcome? What do you do when the fear of rejection in your life gets so strong, it gets so heavy, it hurts so bad, it feels so debilitating that it feels impossible to overcome? It feels like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to move forward. I just don't think I can do it. Because here's what I know to be true of every single person in the room tonight. It's this, that one of the deepest longings of the human heart is to know that it belongs. Like one of the deepest longings inside every single beating heart is to know that it belongs. All of us are searching for a place for people where we know we belong. Like we all want to matter. We want to know that we have people that care about us. We want, even need to belong. And especially in college, college is the season of your life where you're just scanning every single environment, trying to figure out, man, where do I belong? Like, where are my people at? Where can I go to, to feel comfortable and to feel like I can be myself? Where is home? Because for many of you, like you used to know where you belong back in your hometown, but then you graduated, then you moved away, you went to college. And now it's like, man, it feels like I'm starting all over again. One of the deepest longings of the human heart is to know that it belongs. But on the other side of that, one of the deepest fears of the human heart is rejection. Like one of the deepest fears of the human heart is rejection. And this it creates a tension. This creates a problem because we want to belong so badly, but yet in order to belong, you have to be real. And in order to be real, you have to risk being rejected. But the fear of rejection can be absolutely debilitating in our lives. And this is why we, this is why we find ourselves doing whatever it takes to belong. Like we, we fear rejection so much. We want to avoid that at all costs that we'll do whatever it takes to belong. Like that's why we'll begin to compromise our values in order to belong. We'll start to make poor decisions in life in order that we can belong and, 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 and avoid rejection. Like we'll stay in unhealthy relationships for far too long in order to still belong. We'll do and say things that we know we're going to regret in order to belong. 
And we get to a point where we're like, man, like, I, I just don't know. I don't know how to move forward. Like, I don't know if I can move forward. The fear of rejection is so real in my life. And I'm even just gonna say this tonight, that I think we live in a culture right now, specifically our generation, which I'm in this with you. We live in a culture that believes this right here. Being fake and accepted is better than being real and rejected. I'm sorry in advance if I'm stepping on anyone's toes tonight. Like, if you're like, man, he's coming in hot right now. Like, he's calling me fake. This is crazy. I'm with you, okay? I, like, I, I know I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 28, but I feel like I'm in your generation. But can I just say this? Like, this is true for me. So I'm guessing it could be true for you. Like, at times, we feel like it is better to be fake, to be partially fake. I'm not calling you completely fake. But it's better to be somewhat fake and accepted than to be fully real and risk being rejected. And if you don't believe me, then just think about your social media. I know most of you in the room, maybe not all of you, but most of you in the room probably have Instagram or Snapchat. Think about Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat, so let's just talk about Insta for a minute. Think about your Instagram. You know, this is the mindset and the strategy that most of us use on Instagram. And it's this right here. Highlight the best and hide the rest. Highlight the best moments in your life and hide the rest. Like, think about it. If you think, if you look at someone's relationships through the lens of Instagram, what happens, man? It looks like their friends are amazing. Like they do the coolest things. They go on the coolest trips. Like they go on like weekend road trips to Nashville. And then they post like a highlight video of the weekend. And you're like looking at your friends right now, like y'all need to step it up. You know, like you guys don't do that for me. Or you're like, if you look at someone's relationships, like their dating relationships, it's like, oh my gosh, like Mike takes like Cindy on the, on like the cutest, most romantic dates every single weekend. And it's like, babe, you you don't do that. Like, we're done, you know? Like, when you look at people's relationships through the lens of Instagram, it's like, man, it's, it's, it's perfect. People's finances and possessions. Like, I have friends, people that I follow, and it's like, they're a year or two out of school, and I'm like, when did they start driving a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, and a Tesla? Like, I don't understand this. When the reality is, they're posting pictures by a Tesla, but that's not their whip. Like, they don't got the keys, you know? Like, I got the keys, I got the keys. Like, they don't have the keys. It's not their car. Places we go, like we want to make it look like everything we do is so hype and exciting. I'm just going to be honest and vulnerable with you guys tonight. I feel like we can, like this is home. Um, I, I do this. I've done this before. I don't do this, but I've done this. Okay. Um, like I've been at home with Ann and Willow on a Friday night and nothing's happening. And, we, and that's great. Like we like chill Friday nights, you know, just relaxing. Like that's, that's my kind of Friday night, honestly. But like we'll be at home and, and I do every now and then feel a pressure to be like, man, I, I want to make it look like, like my life is super exciting right now and not like kind of lame, you know? So I'll be like, yo, Ann, like, you wanna turn on some music? And she's like, sure. And so I'll like go in and be like, yo, Alexa, play this. And I like crank Alexa louder, louder, louder. And so it turns way up and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yo, it's wild in here, you know? And then I post that, I post that on my Instagram. Yeah, I just, it's getting real. I post that on my Instagram story. And I'm like, yo, it's crazy. Like, now nah, the household. It's... And then I'm like, okay, girl, let's go like turn back on the, the show, you know? Like, that's how it works. Because I just want people to think that everything I do, all the places I go, all my weekends are so exciting. The last one, the food we eat, like we'll post about food. We're not posting about peanut butter and jelly and potato chips. Like we're posting the, the food that looks really good, even if it doesn't taste good at all. And we're posting this and you look at this and you're like, man, it just seems like everything in their life is perfect. We want to give off the vibe that we're perfect. All the things we're involved in are perfect. Our relationship's perfect. Yeah, like we're not struggling with anything and I get it. You know why we do this? Because sometimes perfect is the perfect cover-up. 
Sometimes perfect is the perfect cover-up, right? Like if you can just convince people that you're doing really, really well, maybe even like perfect, like your relationships are perfect, your worries, your future, it's perfect. Everything in school right now is perfect. Your friends, it's perfect. All of it's perfect. Then you feel like people are gonna be like, okay, great, they're good. And you don't have to worry at all about rejection. And in fact, the truth is, you know what's really going on in your life. Like, you know your fears, you know your worries, you know your insecurities, you know it all. You know the broken relationships, you see it. But at times we feel like, man, can I just like put a filter over that? Can I just like filter joy? Can I just like filter kindness? Can I just like filter patience? But here's the problem. You can do that on Instagram, but filters do not exist in real life. Filters do not exist in the real world. And this is why we live in arguably, I'd say probably not even arguably, I think it's a fact. We live in the most connected generation in history. Like we are the most connected people of all time. But yet so many of us, if we were being honest tonight, would say we feel all alone. Like we are surrounded, some of you, you're surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands of people on your campuses every single day. But yet right now you'd say you feel completely invisible. You feel like no one knows you. You feel like no one really cares. You feel like you don't matter. You feel rejected. And what happens when you start to feel rejected is that rejection will cause you to retreat. Rejection will cause you to start to back up and to keep people away and not really let people in. And yeah, you want like real authentic community, but you're like, man, I, I, I do not want to risk being rejected. So you'll just start to like kind of open up to people to kind of give them the truth, but not really because you just kind of want to back up. You're starting to retreat because you want to do whatever it takes to avoid rejection. You have a fear of rejection. And again, it goes back to this concept right here is that it's better to be fake and accepted than real and rejected. But here's why this is so concerning for me. Because all of us have been naturally wired to want to pursue and to want to experience real, authentic community. Like we've all been wired to be in relationships, but it's almost impossible to find real community if you choose to live a filtered life. Like, in fact, I would say it is impossible to find lasting real community if you choose to live a filtered life. If you're always just being like somewhat fake and like not really letting people ever get really close because you're so afraid of being rejected and so you're just kind of living this filtered life, then it's gonna be really, really difficult, maybe even impossible for you to ever find real community. At the end of the day, you're gonna feel safe, you're gonna feel comfortable in life, but you're gonna find yourself feeling isolated, alone, hopeless, and wondering, man, there's gotta be more for me. There's gotta be more. Think about the community that you wanna have in your life. Think about the community that you're trying to find right now. Like you wanna be around people who are gonna be honest with you, right? Like you wanna be around people who are willing to be vulnerable with you, people that like will open up and let you in. You don't just wanna be around someone where like if you say something deep to them, they're just like, oh, cool, I've never felt that way. Like you want people who you can be vulnerable with, right? Like you wanna be around people who are loving, people who care for you, not people that just judge you all the time. You wanna be around people who are life-giving, people who build you up, people who encourage you, people who are like, man, chase after that, people who can speak wisdom into your life. But the problem is, is that you can't just filter those things. Like in order to find people like that, you have to begin to, to give out that. Like you have to be willing to be real and honest with people. But that can't just be filtered. Like that has to actually happen. Like you have to courageously step into that. 
But the problem is, in order to be real with people, you have to risk being rejected. You have to risk being rejected. And here's the truth. Here's what I know is that we were all created for authentic community, yet it's one of the scariest things to pursue. Every single one of you, you were created to experience real, not fake, authentic community, yet it is absolutely one of the scariest things to pursue. But what if? What if the temptation to live a filtered life, what if the temptation to be somewhat fake, what if the fear of rejection didn't have to be what we were overcome by? But what if we could actually begin to step out in confidence and courage to begin to overcome the fear of rejection in our lives? I think it's possible. In fact, tonight I want to look at what the Apostle John uh, writes. And John was one of the closest followers and friends of Jesus. He, he followed Jesus throughout his three years of ministry here on this earth. And so he saw Jesus do it all. Like he saw Jesus heal people. He saw Jesus work miracles. He heard all the teachings that Jesus gave. And so look at what John writes in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Check this out. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I love this. Like John um, is, 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 isn't holding back here. Like he's like, hey, check out the great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, exclamation point. That's who we are, exclamation point. Like he uses double exclamation points. You ever been texting with somebody and you're like, oh, like how, how excited should I come across here? Should I put, no, definitely not two exclamation points. I'll put a period. No, period seems kind of like, like I'm not, like I don't care. I'll just put an emoji. No, that's too much. Like we think through it. Don't act like you've never done that before. You know, some of you did that on the way in. You're like, you should come with me tonight. Double mix? No, just one X. Okay, all right, they didn't even come. Yeah. Um, John here is like, you know what? I'm not gonna hold back. Like, I'm using double exclamation points because I want the people to know this. Like, I want them to know that the Father, our Heavenly Father God, that He has such an amazing love for every single human being. So much so that He views you as children. He looks at you, He looks at you, and He says, You're my son. You're my daughter. Another way to say it is that you are fully known by the creator God of the universe and you're fully loved. You're fully known and fully loved. And I don't know where that resonates with you tonight because tonight I know that there are all different types of people in the room. Like some of you are coming in the room tonight and you are a skeptic. Like you are so far from God. You're not even sure why you're here. And you're like, I don't believe any of this. That is awesome. We are so pumped that you're here. Seriously, I want you to keep coming. I want you to keep asking the questions. We need you here. Others of you, maybe you feel like you've been incredibly burnt by God. You've been burnt by the church. And you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll give it another shot. Maybe some of you are trying to figure this whole thing out. But no matter where you are, can I just tell you this tonight? If there's nothing else you hear me say, I just want you to hear this. Creator of the universe, God, he is absolutely madly in love with you. And there is nothing you could ever do or say to change that. Like God has an unconditional love for you and we cannot comprehend that. Like our minds, we can't comprehend unconditional love. It doesn't make sense, but that's the way that God loves you. That's the way that he sees you. He sees you as his children. And he says, you are fully known. Like I know everything about you, but you're also fully loved. It goes on, John, just a little bit later in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So John says, hey, there's no fear in love because perfect love, the love of God, the love that he was just talking about, that drives out fear. John is not saying that God's love makes you have no fear in your life, eliminates fear completely. No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is 
is when you begin to understand how much God loves you, that you're fully known and fully loved, you can begin to overcome any fear in your life, even the fear of rejection. Another way to say it is that God's love silences fear. God's love silences fear. I love college football. I mentioned that earlier tonight. And um, I, I love it when like a team goes into like enemy territory, like they're on the road and, and the environment's super hostile. And um, let's just use GSU Tennessee as an example. Um, just while, yeah. So like, like GSU goes into Tennessee and, and I would imagine 100 plus thousand fans and like there is first game of the season and like they're trying to intimidate the other team. They're trying to strike fear in the other team. But what happens when the opposing team like does something good and they score a touchdown? Usually, not every time, but usually what happens is they turn to the crowd, the opposing team's crowd, and they do this. Shh. Like they kind of silence the crowd and, and, and the crowd hates it because they're like, no, they're like throwing things, but it's like they can't say anything in the moment because it's like you just scored and it's especially good like when the other team wins because then they can like silence them. And it's like, no, you really can't say anything. Like we're out of here. We got the W and the check, you know? Um, so like that's, that's, yeah, what's up? In the same way, when you begin to know that you are fully known and fully loved by the creator of the universe, you can start to look at your fears and say, shh, shh. Because God's love silences fear in your life. And can I just tell you this? Like, stop acting like God doesn't know everything about you. Like, God knows exactly what he got with you. He created you. He's been with you in, in the midst of every moment. He's been with you in every good and bad decision. Like, he knows exactly what he got with you. Your sin doesn't scare him. Your situation doesn't surprise him. Your secrets don't even worry him. Like he knows everything about you. You are fully known and fully loved by the creator of the universe. Just let that sink in for a moment. Because here's the truth. When you begin to know the love of God, you can say no to the fear of rejection. Like how do you begin to overcome the fear of rejection when it seems debilitating in your life? You begin to know the love of God because when you begin to know the love of God, you can start to say no to the fear of rejection. And I love what John says uh, just a little bit earlier in his gospel, in the gospel of John. Um, this is the, the words of Jesus. Jesus was having a conversation with some people. John was in the room and look at what Jesus says. And John records this. It says, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples, you are my followers. So Jesus says, hey, John, that love that you were just talking about that I, that I offer to you, that unconditional, reckless, like, radical love, he said, I don't just want you to receive that love, but once you've received that love, I want you to go and extend that love to other people. And so John is saying, hey, that's what we're called to do. Christians in the room tonight, for those of you who have received the love of God, you're not just to keep it to yourself. Like, no, now you're called to go and extend that love to other people. And this is what I love so much about this family here at the living room. This is not a perfect place. I'm just gonna tell you that. Why is it not a perfect place? Because it's made up of people and people aren't perfect. Like we're broken, all of us are a mess. It's just how messy is your life? We're all messes, every single person on this stage. Like we're broken. So this is not a perfect place. But what I know to be true is that the heart of God will set the tone for our home. For this home, the living room here at Buckhead Church, the heart of God is going to set the tone for our home. Practically, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot of things, but let me just give you a few. First, it means that you belong. 
You belong before you believe. So regardless of what you currently believe, regardless of what assumptions you might or might not have about God, you belong. In fact, I'll take it a step further. You belong before you believe or even if you never do. So even if you keep coming to the living room throughout the next couple few years of your college experience and you get to the end of it all, like you graduate and you move on and you say, you know, I love like that TLR, it was awesome. I love Monday nights, but I still don't know how I feel about this whole faith thing. I would tell you, you still belong. Welcome home. You belong before you believe or even if you never do. That's what it means. The heart of God will set the tone for our home. You know what else it means? It means that we're gonna be a community that is known for gossiping encouragement behind people's backs. Let me say that again in case you missed it. We're gonna be a community. We're going to be people who are known for gossiping encouragement behind people's backs. See, because we live in a world where it is so easy to be critical of every single person. Like it's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to tear others down. It's so easy to compete and compare yourself to other people. No, we're gonna be known as a community. I want people to think about the living room and say, man, I don't know if I wanna go there, but wow, those people, like they always are just talking really good about one another. Like every time I see them, they're like building each other up. We're, we're gonna be known as a community that celebrates with one another. We're gonna be a community, a place where we cry together. We laugh together. We have fun together. I don't know what's coming over the next couple months. Like, I don't know what life is gonna bring your way or what life is just gonna bring our way together as a family. But I can tell you right now, there'll be moments that we celebrate together. There'll probably be moments that we cry together. There's gonna be moments that we laugh together all of the above. This is the type of community we're gonna be. The heart of God will set the tone for our home. So as we begin to close tonight, I just want you to self-reflect for a minute and think, where are you at? Like right now, when it comes to stepping into community, have you courageously taken that step or are you still kind of holding back because of the fear of rejection? Are you still kind of like living in that life where you kind of got one foot in, one foot out? And you're like, yeah, like I'm kind of like, on the border of being fake and real because yeah, I like being fake is, and accepted is kind of better than being real and rejected. I don't know, like where, where, where are you at? I mentioned that I enjoy sports and I enjoy going to football games and um, I have this illustration because a few years ago, like you could go to a football game. This is a really uh, cute bag, by the way. It's got our name embroidered on there, the Noblets. Like, that's awesome. Like, hey guys, we're the Noblets, you know? Um, so, uh, a few years ago, like we'd go to games and we'd bring a bag like this. And, and I used to care, by the way, how I look when I hold bags like this, but then I became a dad and now it's just like, I don't even care what is cool now, you know? And so um, I just carry this around with pride. And so a few years ago, you could go to a game and you could bring in a bag like this to almost any stadium. And you could put whatever you want inside of this bag. Like I could literally bring in like a full course buffet, you know, I could bring in any drinks, whatever I'd want, desserts, like anything, anything would go. And, and usually they wouldn't even check it. Like at the gate, sometimes they'd like peek in and they'd be like, yeah, you're good, great, go, go through, you know. And then a couple of years ago, they changed the rules. And now like almost every single stadium, they make you bring in a bag like this, a clear bag. You know what I'm talking about? So usually it's like, oh, I'm not even gonna bring anything in because I don't have one of these. I don't even know where we got this. But now they make you bring in this type of bag and they look through it. Like I literally went to a game this weekend and like they opened up the bag and they found a water bottle that had been taken one sip out of it. And they're like, you can't bring that in. The bottle's been open. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. But I'm like, okay, I understand. And why did they make that shift? I think it's because this bag right here, like they honestly didn't know what you had inside of it. 
And every single team, every single stadium would say, they, they, they would have an idea at least of what they want their culture, what they want their environment to be like on game days. Like they would be like, yeah, you know, we want it to be safe. We want it to be fun. And so like they know the things they value. And I think they probably got to a point where it's like, man, we need to know what people are bringing in with them because they could be bringing in things that like make it a dangerous place. They could be bringing in things that's gonna make them like not a safe person to be sitting next to. And so they changed it. And now when you walk through, like they look at everything and they see and they scan. And so I just wanna ask you tonight, which bag best describes you? Like when it comes to courageously stepping out and pursuing real authentic community when it comes to being fully real and not fake, not living a filtered life? Are you living a life that just has a ton of secrets? Like no one really knows what you're carrying. No one really knows what's going on inside your life. Like no one really knows the real you. Is that you? Or are you living the type of life where it's like, hey, not everybody, but there are some people like they know the real me. Like I've courageously taken that step at some point and I've, I've allowed people to come in. Because here's what I'd tell you, everybody doesn't have to know everything, but somebody does. Like I'm not saying you gotta go around and be like, hey guys, look at my junk. Like here it is, you know, these are my struggles, these are my worries, these are my fears, my insecurities. No, 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 I'm not saying you need to do that. Like you, don't, you probably should not do that. But <laughs> somebody needs to know. Everybody doesn't have to know everything, but somebody does. You need a person, a couple people, maybe even a few trusted people that need to know what's actually going on in your life. They know the real you so that you have no secrets. It's all on the table. So for some of you, you're like, okay, Matt, I'm bought in, but here's the problem. Who are those people? Where do I find those type of people? Because right now I feel like if I just chose a couple of my friends to do this with, it would burn me and I'd be rejected, I'd be judged. Like they'd, they'd go tell other people, I don't feel like I have any safe people in my life where I can transition from this to this. Well, this is why we've created small groups here at the living room. This is why we are so passionate about trying to encourage you and spark you and say, man, get in a small group. I love what happens in this space on Monday nights. Like I love this hour. It's probably my favorite hour of the entire week if I'm being honest with you. But what happens in the 45 minutes after this, what happens from 9.15 to about 10 o'clock here every single Monday night are small groups. And small groups, for those of you that don't know, are when you sit in a group, you sit in a circle with a group of people, about 10 to 12. There's male groups, female groups. And I think co-ed are shut down, but there's male and female. Co-ed are shut down because they're full. Um, but you sit in a circle with people. You have a couple amazing leaders leading the discussion. And what do you do? You talk about things. No one's gonna ask you to pray out loud. No one's gonna call on you and make you share something you don't wanna share. But it's an opportunity for you over time when you're comfortable to eventually say, hey, Here's some things I'm going through. And I guarantee you in that, man, you're gonna experience a freedom that you've never felt before. Like when you actually take the courageous step of pursuing real authentic community, when you actually say, you know what? I'm gonna risk rejection, I don't even care. You are gonna experience a freedom that you've never felt before. And I want that so, so badly for you. So if you're looking to join a small group, if you haven't signed up for one yet, tons of you have, and you're going to be going to your groups tonight, that's awesome. If you haven't signed up yet, this is all you need to do. Text the word community to 89800. And when you do that, you can do that right now. Text community to 89800. You're going to get a text back. It's going to have a link on it. You just click on the link. It takes like 30 seconds to fill out. 
A leader will follow up with you this week. If you sign up for a group tonight, you'll go to a group on the 16th. Guys, over 300 people already from our community have joined a small group. Of those 300, about 260 females. Girls, you're killing it. Like, keep joining groups. I love it. It's awesome. If you're a female, we have space for you. Join a group. Fellas, I don't know if you did the math. That's about 40 of you. Now, listen, I'm not shaming you guys. I understand it. It's not as natural for us. Like, we don't love the idea of sitting in a circle and opening up and sharing our feelings. Like, when I said we're gonna cry together, some of you guys are like, man, I don't wanna come on that night because I'm not trying to cry. You know, like, we don't really naturally wanna do that, guys. But fellas, if I could just look at you eye to eye all across the room, guys, come on, come on. Give it a shot. Just for the next two weeks, guys, that's all I'm asking. I'm looking for 40 more guys. I wanna double from 40 to 80 guys. I'm looking for 40 more guys to take a step into community. Just give it a shot for the next two weeks. If after the next two weeks, you're like, Matt, it's not for me, I'm out, cool. I'll, I'll, we'll dap. I'll be like, you're good, man. See, see you, know, you can try it another time. Guys, take the step. Girls, again, there's space, but fellas, I'm looking at you. I want this so badly for you. Not because I wanna say that we have 80 guys in small groups. I don't really care about that. It's because I want you to experience real community, the community that you were designed by your heavenly father to experience. I'll end with this. Courageous people risk rejection to experience real community. Courageous people will risk rejection to experience real community in their lives. And man, I want that for you. I want you to experience real community. So take a step, do it scared. Let me pray for us. God, tonight I, I come to you. And Lord, I just ask tonight that you would give seven or 800 students in the room tonight, courage. That you'd give us courage to take a step. And for some of us in the room tonight, maybe stepping into a small group, I don't know, maybe it's not our best next step. Maybe our best next step is just showing back up again next week, I don't know. But God, I know that for many of us in the room, that is our best next step. But the problem is, is we are so afraid of rejection and we don't know if we can do it. Tonight, God, I pray that in this moment right now, that you would nudge us that you'd give us the courage to take the step. And that on the other side of that step, we would all experience the freedom and the life and the joy and the peace that you've created for us to experience. God, we love you. We thank you for your amazing, reckless love that gives us the courage to take steps. It's in your mighty name we pray tonight. Amen.